Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Uncommon Ground with Van Jones ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Is this America? The land of the free and the home of the brave. Wake up, America. Wake up. The political division in the country undeniably deep right now. The big question on a lot of people's minds, can Americans come together and heal? I'm Van Jones, and this is Uncommon Ground. Welcome back to Uncommon Ground. On this show, we're exploring what it takes to make meaningful change in such a divided country. I'm Van Jones. Now, look, these days, if you watch the news, it's easy to think there's just no hope. We're we're doomed. Everybody's just fighting all the time. Nothing's ever going to get done. And there's a reason you think that. You feel that way because at the end of the day, it's the most controversial and divisive headlines. They get the most clicks and drive up the ratings. And so it's easy to get depressed. But here's what I know for sure. For every divisive issue that gets hours and hours of airtime, there are 10 other places that Republicans and Democrats are actually in agreement and are working together and getting stuff done. But those things just don't get talked about enough. And so I wanted to have a conversation with someone I just love and admire, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, about that side of politics, the part we don't talk about enough. Now, Representative Waters is a senior stateswoman, longest serving black woman in the House of Representatives. She's the first woman and the first black person to ever chair the House Financial Services Committee, which is one of the most powerful committees in America's government. Now, Maxine Waters is known for her brutal honesty. She's not afraid to go on the news and give it to the Republicans. Uh, She's not afraid to talk about all the ways that her colleagues on the right are coming up short. Everybody knows that. Here's what people don't know. She's also not afraid to reach across the aisle and work with Republicans to craft policy that helps millions and millions of Americans. And she does it every day. Somehow... The financial services issues are not sexy, whether we're talking about predatory lending or cryptocurrency or we're talking about sanctions, you know, against Russia. People don't read that. But what happens is I have to be satisfied when I see some of what we're doing working. She detailed some of the bipartisan legislation that she's most proud of having helped to pass. She also gave her perspective on how you identify people on the other side of the aisle to work with and how you work with them without compromising your own values, which I think is very important. Now, she's the first to admit that some of this legislation that she's working on has not gotten a ton of attention, but it is important stuff. It impacts Americans across the country, and that's why it's important for us to talk about it. And just a heads up, we recorded this conversation at the end of March you're going to hear us talking about some of the stuff that was in the news at that time. But everything we talk about is still relevant, as you'll soon hear. So I want you to stay tuned and hear from Maxine Waters, the legendary congresswoman. She's going to give us a sneak peek into the real legislative process right after this short break. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Well, look, you know how much this means to me. This is my first podcast uh, series, <laughs> and I could not do this series without you. I, I had to have you, and I've been bugging the heck out of your staff to get you. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm pleased because when, when we talked, we talked about doing something. Yes, we did. Uh, when we were at the Milken Institute conference. Yep. So, yeah, I've been looking forward to it. Well, look, I, I appreciate it. And um, part of the reason we're doing this podcast is because I just think that we're getting less done than we might get done just because a lot of images and lies and falsifications that are going on. And I think you in particular are somebody I want to talk to because Fox News and the conservative media love to create an image of you. That's right. And that image is that you are a strong black woman, which you are, that you're fierce and determined, which you are, that you're unyielding when it comes to racial justice, which you are. And then they just stop. And (laughs) what they leave out is you're all those things and you're one of the most effective change makers in the country one of the most respected Congress people in the country on both sides of the aisle. Every day you work with people of literally all races, every conceivable race, ethnic group here in Los Angeles. You have to. You represent everybody, work with everybody from the streets to the suites. People come to you and deal with you. You're an incredible bridge builder. That never gets told to a certain part of America. They don't hear that. They don't see that. It's not shown. And so I just wanted to talk to the other side of Maxine Waters, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the part that people don't get a chance to have access to like I do, and just ask you, what do you wish the Fox News viewers and that kind of stuff knew about you as a person, somebody who's worked in a factory, somebody who has graduated from public school, somebody who's a, a mom? And What do you wish that the folks who, who are getting this stereotype knew about you as a person? Well, I'm not so sure that I wish that they you know, knew about my my background and my work. What I wish for is that we would have people who are willing to listen, to learn, and to respect those people uh, who are out there every day, whether you're an elected official or whether you're a community activist, doing the work of the people. And if they just stop and they listen, they certainly will learn. I had uh, something that happened yesterday. I've been in the district giving out what was known as earmarks. They're now known as community projects. And so in one of the most conservative areas 
of my district, this woman came up to me and she said, can you do something about Senator Cruz? And I was surprised uh, because I didn't expect that to come from her. Mm -hmm. And she saw him for the first time and she listened to him. And then she understood a lot more about him. Well, it would be nice if people listened to me and others and they paid attention and they understood our work. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, we have not figured out how to communicate as well as we should with the average person out there. I am the chair of the Financial Services Committee, and I'm dealing with Wall Street. I'm dealing with the SEC, the FDIC, the OCC, the Treasury. You know, I'm dealing with agencies that play an important part on people's lives in terms of investor protection, consumer protection and all of that. But that message does not get out. Well, that's literally why I have you here, because people don't understand the Financial Services Committee. That's one of the most powerful committees yes. in Congress. And you're the chair. You're, you're the watchdog <laughs> trying to make sure that these big right. banks don't screw everybody over, trying to make sure that the average American, their paycheck can go as far as, as it can. Talk about some of the things. Cause now you're here with me now. You can get the message yes. out. What are some of the things that you've done, especially on a bipartisan basis, that you feel most proud of looking back, you know, in terms of uh, your, your role and everything you've done? Well, I'd like to talk about something more recent because we've been dealing with the pandemic yes. and the negative impact that it's had on so many lives with people losing their jobs, small businesses closing down. And so serving on the Financial Services Committee where we were dealing with PPP, and that is the program that made loans and grants to small businesses. However, when we put together this program, the large banks basically created, you know, their own panels, and they took care of the, the big boy clients. And so the money ran out. And so Nidia Velasquez and I got together with Nancy Pelosi, and we put $60 billion back into the program, directed it to CDFIs, MDIs, credit unions, and community banks, and got that money back out where it was really, really needed. If, in fact, I'd not worked all of these years to get to the point where I could be the chair of the Financial Services Committee and understanding the needs of, you know, these small businesses and minority businesses and understanding what the community financial, uh, you know, system is supposed to do in helping out uh, those who are in need and depend on their government to ensure that they're part of this economy working well. If I'd not been there, Nidia Velasquez had not been there, we would have lost out again. But I did have bipartisan support on the PPP program, and we were able to expedite that and get their support for the extra $60 billion. Well, let's talk about that, because what you're talking about are not the big, big banks. You're That's talking right. about those small banks and those small credit associations, the people that are close to communities, black, white, from Appalachia to the hood, who are trying to help that mom and pop store stay open. They're trying to help that grandma refinance her house. And those are the people that are being left out. Those are the people who were left out. People were struggling to try to have little businesses. They needed loans that they certainly couldn't get from the big banks. The big banks don't want to be bothered with small wannabe lenders coming into their bank. It is not profitable for them as they would like it to be. But the CDFIs and the MDIs, which are the minority depository institutions, the black banks, etc., they're the ones who people turn to to try and get a mortgage, to try and get a loan. And of course, uh, they need capital also. And so we work very hard 
to do everything that we can to encourage capital and get the government involved in support of a small business through these entities. And it's hard, but it works if we can have bipartisan support. The reason I just want you to have the platform to talk about what you're doing is because you didn't say anything about charity, nothing wrong with charity. You didn't say anything about a handout, nothing wrong with the handout if you need it. But you're talking about giving people an opportunity to get a loan and to be a part of this system and to to earn money and to be homeowners and pay back. That's the American dream. That's the American dream. The the, the conservatives and liberals should be carrying you around on their shoulders, from my point of view, (laughs) saying thank you for what you're doing, because that's not left versus right. If anything, it's it's bottom versus the top. It's, It's giving people a chance to rise. Are there any Republicans on your committee who you've been able to find some common cause with that's never been talked about on Fox News, that's never been shared shared out, just because I know behind the scenes you make stuff happen. Are there any Republicans on your committee that you've been able to get some things done with? Well, yes. As a matter of fact, I just had the opportunity to work with the opposite side of the aisle on what is happening with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, we just put together several bills that, uh, you know, helped out with sanctions in so many different ways, improving even on the sanctions that had been organized by the president working with our allies. There's still a lot more to be done. I'm focused on the oligarchs who literally do the bidding of Putin. And I want FinCEN, one of our oversight agencies, to be able to have the authority by which to find out who these oligarchs are, what properties they own in this country, how they launder money. And so I went strong to empower FinCEN to go after these oligarchs Mm -hmm. and to make sure that we're in a position where we can confiscate their property and we can take back all that they are stealing and all of the ways that they are manipulating the tax process, all of that. And so I worked with the opposite side of the aisle. We got some of those bills passed, and then I'm still working trying to get this FinCEN bill passed before it gets to the floor so it give us more power uh, to deal with those who are creating harm, not only to the Ukraine, but to the world. Now see, I just think that this is so important because nobody knows this. Nobody knows. Nobody knows that there's an African-American woman who's the chair of the most powerful financial committee in the world, who's working hand in hand with Democrats and Republicans, white, black and brown, to supercharge the weapons that the Bidens and the others are using. That's right. Nobody knows this. Therefore, people are more depressed and distressed than they should be. If people could go to bed knowing that Maxine Waters, who you know, Maxine don't joke around. She's not messing around. So <laughs> that same Maxine Waters with that fire for racial justice, which she needs and which we need and love, has that same fire for democracy, has that same fire for justice. Yes, that's right. Somehow the financial services issues are not sexy. And so even as they're written about, people don't you know, really read it, or it's the inside world of government and politics and the organizations and media that read what we do, whether we're talking about predatory lending or cryptocurrency, or we're talking about sanctions, you know, against Russia. People don't read that. But what happens is I have to be satisfied when I see some of what we're doing working and when I understand what the problems are and then take steps to try and straighten out the problems. My big challenge right now is how do we get information to people? How do we get people to take advantage of the work that we're doing so that they can have a better quality of life? That's the challenge, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. 
Do you ever feel like you're settling? For your foundation, that is. Maybelline's new Instant Age Rewind Eraser Foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. With SPF 20 and moisturizing pro-vitamin B5, this foundation not only provides medium coverage in a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at amazon.com slash instant eraser foundation. On the Nintendo Switch system, you can team up with friends in Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Where you can meet talking flowers. Life's full of surprises. And where piranha plants sing. And where Mario, Luigi, and Peach turn into elephants. Wowie zowie! And where this announcer turns into a... Super tiny announcer! (laughs) That's not in the game. Sorry, got a little excited. Nintendo Switch, the home of Mario and friends. Game rated E for everyone. Game and systems sold separately. When you talk about being concerned about rural Americans and, and urban Americans and red counties and blue cities... You're fighting just as hard to make sure that that coal miner in Appalachia who's got black lung disease and who's about to get jilted by their insurance company, you're fighting just as hard to get them justice as you are for black folks and Native Americans, et cetera. Absolutely. And yet that is never told. No, it's never told because unfortunately, the leadership in the opposite party organizes around emotional issues. They want to just deal with, you know, somebody's burning the flag and the kind of issues that pull at the heartstrings of people uh, who, you know, feel very strongly in some ways. And if they don't, they come up with information sometimes that is not credible to make them feel as if somehow everybody is wronging them, uh, that they're not for them. And I want to tell you that but for people like me, oftentimes many of the resources and housing and water and all of that would not get to some of the very people that they're misleading. And so I try to do everything that I can to develop, you know, relationships. And I do have relationships with some members on the opposite side of the aisle who, you know, tell me, I'm sorry, I want to do this, but, you know, I won't have support and I'll be ostracized. So I have to be very careful, but I have people on the opposite side of the aisle who want to do more to cooperate. You know, it's very tough to be in your situation because when you're a leader and a national leader, you have your core constituency, the people who voted for you. You have your moral constituency, the, the, the least of these, the folks who don't have anything you, you're just passionate about. And then you also have to work with people who voted against you every time and who don't want you to be there. And, right. you know, so uh, it, you, you, I think you're juggling a lot of chickens and a lot of chainsaws every day, just yes. hoping you don't get covered in blood and feathers. You know, it's a That's very right. tough right. thing that you're trying to do. What advice would you have? What's your philosophy as you approach this thing? So suppose there's somebody in your committee or somebody on the other side. You know you don't agree with them on many things, but there are a few things you agree with them on. How do you approach that? I mean, just just give people advice from one of the veterans of this. How do you build relationships across the aisle? One must know whom she or he is and have a philosophy and be able to be credible and have people say, oh, I like what you're doing. Or, you know, I don't agree with you, but I respect what you're doing. And it means that people have to believe in you. They have to believe what you say and they have to respect the fact that you stand by what you're saying because you sincerely believe that it is in the best interest of most of the people or all of the people. That takes you a long way. And sometimes people will say in the Congress, oh, you know, I'm not so sure 
as you know, we had happening when we were trying to strengthen these sanctions. And one person said to me, well, I think if it was limited just to uh, Ukraine and Russia, rather than giving FinCEN all of this power in perpetuity, maybe I could go with you. And then we agreed that we would work together on the bill prior to it going to the floor to see if we can mm. do that. And I'm very willing to put limits on the power as we're dealing with this emergency and maybe we'll get that bill to the floor. Wow. And so that's the kind of work that you do. You know, you, you understand what the problem is and you work on it. You know, um, I think you've said two things that I, I hope my uncommon ground community really take on board. First, you do have to stand for something. You can't just be wishy-washy. Just, I, I just want to get along with everybody. As long as everybody's happy, I'm happy. No, that doesn't work because then nobody can deal with you. You're not bringing anything to the table. Integrity comes from consistency. And so oh, yeah, and you and right. you have that in spades. And then what that buys you, though, on the other hand, is when you sit down and you listen, yes. it turns out, hey, wait a minute, that critique that you had, now, now you're not screaming at me on TV. I'm not screaming at you on TV. We're just sitting down and talking. I could make a compromise to narrow this power if that would make you more comfortable so we can get after these Russian oligarchs. That's right. That is the other side of it. You're using your strength to be able to yeah. have a place at the table. And then when you're strong, you can make a compromise. You're not compromising the principle going after the oligarchs. That's but right. how long, how much, that's something you can work with people. You know, you're a master leader. You know, you've done this for so long. I don't think people coming up behind you understand. They see you on TV for two seconds <laughs> and say, I'm going to be like Maxine Waters. I'm just going to be fierce. Right. It's right. like, well, That's Maxine right. not fierce 24 hours a day. <laughs> She's fierce when she has to be, you know, <laughs> like a mama bear. You know, you, you're fierce when you have to be. Otherwise, you're taking care of the cubs. You're taking care of, you know, business. So I just wanted to just make sure that we got uh, that. And I just appreciate it so much. Let me just, a couple of things, you know. Yes. I know that the insurrection really undermined even people like yourself who know how to reach out. That was a tough, tough thing. I know the way they've been treating Katanji Brown uh, Jackson has just been horrific. Some of these things hurt. It hurt very deeply. Can you talk a little bit about how tough it's been recently to be a bipartisan bridge builder? Yes. Let me just say that I watch, you know, even with what you're talking about with Katanji, I watch the way that some of the questions have been formulated and the way that she has been disrespected by, you know, some of the members uh, of the Senate. And I asked the question of myself, how can anyone have that much hatred? How can anyone have that much disrespect? And I'm hoping that people out there who support them will see how they expose themselves at a time like this and think, oh, I didn't know he really was like that. So I'm hoping uh, that they're exposing themselves so that people will see that there's something very wrong in the way that you're approaching this job. And I really do believe that some of the members, uh, both in the House and in the Senate, have been so misled uh, by the leadership of the former president. And I think they have been so instilled with disinformation. And so it's very difficult to hear the kind of hatred, the kind of disrespect. It just tears at your heart. It really does. I mean, I, I'm watching now, by the time uh, people hear this podcast, she'll already be on the Supreme Court. But right now she's a judge, very yes. respected federal judge on the most respected federal bench below the Supreme Court. 
That's right. They're not talking to her like they talk to a judge. No. And I cannot underscore if Republican senators, to their shame, would speak to a woman this qualified on national television. What are they licensing white men to say to black women at the store? Well, <laughs> you should see the mail we get. Oh my you should see the telephone calls we get. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. They are likely to be, you know, extraordinarily racist and hating and all of that. The, the reason I raise it is just because when we ask people to reach out, to be bipartisan, to try to put, to put the community first, to sometimes shake hands with people who sometimes you want to shake a fist at, it's not easy. Uh, no. Because no. Um, there's real personal pain here. You're a black woman watching a black woman yes. be mistreated by your colleagues yes. in the Congress. And yet you have to turn around and uh, sometimes work with them on issues around Ukraine. This stuff is tough. It's complicated. I wonder this moniker that they have of Auntie Maxine, yes. uh, which, is a, which is a good thing. I mean, in our community, Auntie, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. a high mm-hmm. level of respect. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The thing about an auntie is that auntie can give it to both sides. The auntie mm-hmm. can tell the neighbor across the street <laughs> to sit down and, sh- and shut up and turn right back around and tell your own kids. <laughs> so what would you say to Democrats? Obviously, Republicans need to stop doing some stuff they're doing. But wh- what advice would you give to Democrats uh, in these days? You mentioned that we, uh, the Democrats may not be communicating well enough. We may be adding to some of the drama sometimes unnecessarily. You know, as one of the, the senior most respected people in the Democratic Party, what could we be doing better? What should we be doing more of or less of? One of the things I think we have to make a real decision about is whom you can deal with and whom you cannot deal with. And there are some people you just leave alone. We have some on the Senate side now who support the QAnon and support the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. You know who they are. Leave them alone. But you have others who you exchange niceties with every day. And those are the ones that you try to approach to deal with on particular issues. And we have we have a number of members who are very good at that. And you you know, you know, just in doing your job, who are the ones that are most likely can be approached that you can deal with. And you make some choices and you work that way. Well, I think that that's very sound for us to take on board in that we don't like when they paint the progressives with a broad brush. Everybody on the progressive side thinks the most outrageous stuff. And what you're saying is there are some people on the other side who you cannot mess with, but there may be some that we can. And we need to be smart about how we make those uh, distinctions and that kind of thing. That's right. My last two questions. As you look at the midterm elections, a lot of people are saying that it's highly likely that Republicans are going to win. I know you're going to say that that's not written in stone and it can be turned around. But let me just ask a question. If, in fact, the Republicans wind up uh, in the majority and you're now the ranking member of that committee, no longer the chair, are there still things you think you can get done based on the quality of issues you're fighting for, relationships that you have, your skill? Are there still some things that could get done or is it just game over? Everybody should just give up on America if the midterms goes, goes negative. It will not be easy. And particularly if you're working with members who are afraid of or threatened by the past president. If, in fact, they cannot operate from their own philosophy, if they are fearful, if they're intimidated, it's going to be extraordinarily difficult. If, in fact, uh, they take over the House or the Senate, for sure. We don't intend to let them do that, though. 
We are not backing up, no matter the voter suppression that's going on, no matter uh, the unwillingness to cooperate on issues that they would normally cooperate on because they don't want to offend Trump. But you must be of a mind that you never give up. You never stop fighting. You never walk away and you never allow intimidation to, you know, getting the way of you doing your job. You are one of the great examples of that. My last question, there is one dividing line that you have crossed over and over again in ways that I think are shocking and surprising to people, which is the age dividing line. Young people love you to death. And it's amazing (laughs) how much confidence the young generation has in you. You are a phenomenon. You're a social media star. In a time where people look, I'm in my 50s. I can't relate to my my own kids (laughs) at the time, but they love you. What advice would you have for people who want to be leaders and relate to young people? What is your secret sauce? Why do young people love Maxine Waters so much? Well, you know, I'm not sure, uh, you know, of everything, but I know this. First of all, young people know and feel who love them and who embrace them and who respect them. They know the difference. And I will stand up for young people. I will fight for them. I will assist them in any way that I possibly can. I have done everything from, you know, go to jails to, you know, find out why somebody was arrested. Stop, you know, on the street and observe or when they're being stopped by officers so that I can see how they're being handled without interfering with it. And so I truly love young people. I respect them. I think we can learn a lot from them. And I'm always listening. This, this, this is the Maxine Waters that I know. And I just wanted my community to be exposed to, you know, the, the bridge builder, the problem solver that you are. Like I said, for in L.A., from the streets to, to the suites, the richest people in L.A. and the poorest people in L.A. know who to turn to in, when times are tough. If, if people want to support you, learn more about you, is there a website people can go to to keep up with you? What, what, what should people do if they want to be a part of this Maxine Waters fan club that I'm the president of? Yeah, thank you for that. Yes, uh, we do have website, and uh, I'd like for them to call, first of all, our office at 213-757-8900 because I want them to learn about all of the social media platforms and to be able to talk to people, how they can get involved with us, and we're going to be doing even more digital as we go through the campaign. I love it very, very much. Well, listen. I can't tell you, it's such an honor to me. I, I could not do this series without you. Uh, we've been <laughs> bugging your staff. I appreciate them so much. And hopefully after the election, we can uh, have you back. We can talk about uh, what comes next. Uh, whoever wins the election, the fight goes on. And you're one of, one of our great, great leaders. Thank you so much, Congresswoman. You're welcome. All the best. We see the beauty of hope. That spirit is so beautiful. Those who become American citizens love this country even more. And that's why the Statue of Liberty lifts her lamp to welcome them to the Golden Door. Man, I am really grateful to get a chance to talk to Congresswoman Maxine Waters. It's just not every day that you get a chance to talk to one of the highest ranking members in the House of Representatives, one of the most legendary Democrats on the scene today. But I bet you probably didn't know, even if you're her biggest fan, let alone if you've only heard about her through conservative media, that she's somebody fighting for all Americans. You probably didn't know that she's one of the most powerful Democrats in the country. 
probably didn't know that the committee that she runs is responsible for keeping banks from ripping you off and credit card companies from ripping you off. She's a major, major force in D.C. She's not just this caricature that you sometimes see in the divisive media. And because you didn't know that, it's hard to understand what's happening. It's hard to make good use of the government. There's too much of the noise and the caricatures, and that's why we feel so depressed so often looking at our government. And that's why we're doing this podcast. We want there to be a place where everybody from Newt Gingrich to Maxine Waters could come on here and talk about uh, how they get things done and how we can get things done. And I want you to tell people about what we're doing here. I want you to share the good news that there is at least one podcast where this conversation is happening. I want you to tell us how we can do a better job with it. But this is an important conversation. I have known Maxine Waters for almost 20 years. I was blown away by some of the stuff she's up to. And I thought I knew what she was doing. And so that's the whole purpose of the Uncommon Ground community. I'm so glad that you're a part of it. I'm looking forward to bringing forward another great guest next week. And I'll see you then. Uncommon Ground with Van Jones is an Amazon original production. It's produced by Magic Labs Media and Wonder Media Network. Our producers are Teddy Alexander, Maisha Dyson, Grace Lynch, Taylor Williamson, Adesua Agbonile, and Lindsay Credible. Our managing producers are Laura D. and Eliza Mills. Our executive producers are Jenny Kaplan and Morgan Jones. Our theme music was composed by The Grand Mess. Publicity for this show is led by Alice Zoe, Andy Lichtenfeld, Didier Moraes, Chantel Muentes, and Sam Petherbridge. Special thanks to Jana Carter, Alex John Burns, Seven McDonald, Drew Schwindeman, Brianna Jones, Eric Carter, Trevor McNeil, Carrie McCarran, Joe McMillan, Steph Walkeen, Vanessa Redbert, Ty Jacobson, Marshall Louie, and Chris Jockerman. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Uncommon Ground with Van Jones ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus and Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. I'm Shimon Yai. And I have a new podcast called The Competition. Every year, 50 high school senior girls compete in a massive scholarship competition. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. All of the competitors are used to being the best and the brightest, and they're all vying for a huge cash prize. This will probably be the most intense that you've ever gone through in your life. I remember that feeling because I was one of them. I lost, but now, I'm coming back as a judge and also a kind of teen girl anthropologist. Because if you want to understand what it's like to be a young woman in America today, the competition's not a bad place to start. Hopefully no one will die on station night. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.